You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And uh, churches across our country today are marking that. And I wanted to also mark that. That we do believe in the sanctity of life. That before you were even formed in your mother's womb... That God knew you and had wonderful things for you. I've actually met some of the most remarkable people that I know uh, and have had great influence in my life. Their mothers were actually encouraged to abort them. And for whatever reason or intervention, they weren't aborted. And um, they're making, they're incredible people. One of them is my mentor, Pastor Bernard. Uh, if you know his testimony, the situation around his birth that his mother was pressured to abort. I'm so glad she didn't. And there are so many others, you know, and we need to realize that a life is a precious thing. People make mistakes. People have accidents. God never does. God never does. And if anybody ever told you you were an accident, they've got their facts wrong. You're not. You're created in the likeness and the image of God, uh, apart from the circumstances of how you were conceived. And so we believe in the sanctity of human life, not just in some convenience of procedure that would take away a human life. There's been such pressure and polarization, division in our nation over this issue. But that's, that's not a new issue. I mean, at the time that Moses, the deliverer, was coming into the earth, Pharaoh had children wiped out, you know, ages two and under wiped out massive amounts. Why? To somehow cancel out a deliverer. At the time of Jesus birth, when the wise men came and spoke to Herod, Herod did the same thing. The enemy is always out to cancel out life and cancel out those that were going to come into this life and be deliverers. And, um, I want us as believers and as citizens of the greatest country on this planet to not give up on this issue and to realize this is an important issue. This also is not a house of condemnation. So if you personally have had any part of an abortion in that, you know, it was you yourself or it was uh, your girlfriend or friend or what, whatever the situation would be. I want you to know that Jesus heals and Jesus forgives and don't hide out about this and don't. You know, there's, there's scars, there's pain that, that goes with this, but let him in to heal and to forgive. And hopefully what you've been through, maybe at some point you could share and encourage somebody else in some way. And, um, I'm so thankful for God who's the giver of life and we need to respect that life. As long as a person is alive, respect that life. There's even moves, um, Groups, believe it or not, that want to wipe out uh, people at the end of their life. And it's always a matter of money and convenience, which is wrong, wrong, and wrong. And God is with us from beginning to end. And I just want to call us as the Meadowbrook family, as this great church, to be reminded of the sanctity 
of life and that we celebrate life and we celebrate babies and we celebrate that people are made in the likeness and the image of God. And he has wonderful plans for everybody he's ever created. Amen. Just wanted to state that today. Well, as we uh, continue in our teaching this morning on connections, there are, and I don't have time to go back and review, there, there are some things, well, everything's connected in so many ways. I'm, there's a game I'm tempted to play, you know, it's like we can find six, I forget what it's called, six degrees of separation. You're connected to somebody, whoever, by six degrees. It's just an incredible thing about how we're, you know, all connected in different ways and events are connected and things like that. But there are some things that we can't ignore or deny and start out kind of simple here and stack a number of thoughts here this morning. I believe are going to really help us uh, as we under this banner of connections. First of all, let that represent today. Everybody say today. And by today, I'm not just talking about January 23rd. I'm talking about, um, my now, my present. Your today and your tomorrow, ready for this? Are connected. Your today and your tomorrow are connected. You'll see this clearer as we go. Um, Proverbs 22 3 says, A prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. The simple goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. There's something that happens here that's going to affect this. Um, what you do day by day takes you to your future. I wear this day by day bracelet. We did a series a couple years ago. How many of y'all got those? I, I notice them all the time. And I have mine facing me so I can read it because sometimes I just need the reminder. And this is not one of those bands you can buy at the mall that helps you with your balance or something. So, it's like, you know, one of these deals. Put this on and you're all better. Um, But what I do day by day will take me to my future. What I do every day is is important. It matters. So I need to make my day matter. I need to make what I do day by day count. I can't be frivolous about this. I can't be random about it. I can't be careless about it. What I do day by day, and it's just a reminder. And and I'll be honest with you, sometimes probably three, four days go by and I don't even know I have it on. But my point is not the bracelet. My point is the principle. That what you and I do day by day takes us to our future. And so I'll say it boldly again that today and tomorrow are connected. And we can't be careless about that. You can't be random about that. You can't be oblivious about it. In Jesus' parable of the lost sheep at the end of the day, the sheep is what? Lost. I already told you it's a lost sheep. Okay. So at the end of the day, he's lost. Why is he lost? I don't think the little sheep is lost because he was rebellious. He was oblivious. And we can't live oblivious. We can't live randomly and carelessly. We, we can't just go scooting off after this little whim and that little situation. We've, we've got to be careful, careful about this. We must be informed, we must be wise, we must be alert, we must be intentional because today and tomorrow are connected. If you understand that, say amen, oh me, hello, something, all right. Now, if today and tomorrow are connected, then we've got another uh, apparent inevitability and that is that yesterday, everybody say yesterday, 
yesterday and today are connected. Yesterday and today are connected. We are living with results from yesterday. We are living with regrets from yesterday. We're living with trophies and scars and we're we're living with knowledge and we're living with blanks and we're living with all kinds of things as a result of yesterday. So yesterday and today are connected. We should learn from that because today and tomorrow are connected and we've got to do something about that. And we need to be very intentional concerning that. In Proverbs 22, verse 3, the, the B portion of the verse says this, the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. I don't want you to be the simpleton that goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. We're trying to cast some light on something that's going to help you with your tomorrow because they are, in fact, connected. The NIV says the simple keep going and they suffer for it. The, the wise person, the prudent person, because he's learned something and because that has helped him to be wise and informed at this point, he's looking ahead and what he sees ahead because today and tomorrow are connected. He's going to make some adjustments in his life. And that's what I'm calling you to do today is, is to make some adjustments. Now, if I were to ask you the question today, do you believe that the choices you make today are connected with your outcomes of tomorrow? Which, what would your answer be? All right. Now let me make sure everybody understands the question. Okay. Do you believe that choices you make today will are connected to your outcomes that you have tomorrow. Okay. Well, if that's so, then let me just remind you something and just, and I'm push you hard here at the beginning and then we'll smooth things out before we get out of here. Okay. But I need to hit you, hit you a little bit with this this morning. Do you really believe that your choices today affect your outcomes or connected to your outcomes tomorrow? We do. Then every time, every time we skip exercising, Or we skip church or we light up a cigarette or we lie to somebody or we're rude to our spouse or we gossip or we don't pray or we don't get in the word or we spend money that we don't have. We're acting like today and tomorrow are not connected. See, if see, if I think that I can skip church, skip God, be rude to people, abuse myself and not have some kind of outcome. You know, and yet I could say, oh, I agree that my choices today affect my outcomes. They're connected to my outcomes tomorrow. But you can't, you can't act like that then. So this calls us to a real sober awareness that everything I do really does matter. The choices that I'm making right now really do matter. The choices of today are going to give me outcomes in my tomorrow. You still here? Now, here's a guiding principle that we need, need to get as we go along here. What you believe... Everybody say believe what you believe governs earns what you believe governs your life. Why don't you go ahead and say that? What I believe governs my life. So here's what you need to do. You need to make, you need to make sure that what you believe is true. Now follow this. If what I believe governs my life, I need to make sure that what I believe is true or I'm going to commit to error and I'm going to end up with bad results. I'll say all that again so you get the principle and I'll come back and illustrate. If what I believe governs my life and it does, then I need to make sure that what I believe is true 
Otherwise, I'm going to commit my life, my time, my energy to error, to something that's wrong. And I'll end up with bad results. Let me illustrate it this way. What if I believe that I have a flight at 445, but it's really at 305? And I believe it's at 445. Let me make it worse. Out of Tampa. And it's actually 305 out of Orlando. And I can believe it because I was online, you know, and this didn't actually happen to me. I'm, I'm so overboard on not being late and where's it at and this and that, you know, because I am not going to miss that. Well, what if I, I'm going to Expedia and this and that? And okay, and it's this and then, okay, it's, well, wait, here's a better deal. And so somehow I got mixed up, but I still, in my mind, in my heart, I fully believe it's 445 out of Tampa. But the reality is it's 305 out of Orlando. Well, I'm going to commit to something that I believe. I'm going to commit to error and I'm going to end up with bad results. I'm going to end up in Tampa missing a flight, wasting money, frustrated. And see, that's light. Or we do this, you know, we're driving along. We're going to take the family to show us, you know, my childhood and this and that. I believe this is the road to grandma's house. Now, granted, I hadn't been there in 35 years and I was sleeping in the back of the car, mom and dad drove, but I believe this is, this is the road there. Well, guess what? You can believe that all you want, but if it's wrong, you commit to error and you're never going to find grandma's house. You're going to end up making up a story. Well, it used to be there. Sure, this is a... Now, speaking of that, you know, you need to check your itinerary. You need to read the directions. You need to ask for directions. You need to check the map. Speaking of that, asking for directions, there was a report issued last September by an insurance uh, issuer. Uh, which conducted a study that, to find that the average male driver drives 276 miles a year lost. <laughs> Women, on the other hand, are more likely to stop and ask for directions, saving themselves time, gas, and money. <laughs> the study said, the study said that cost the guy over his lifetime about $3,000. Which explains why women can afford to have more shoes than guys. Okay. So anyway, there you go. What you believe governs your life. Now get this folks. If I'm believing something wrong, I'm going to commit to error and I'm going to end up in the wrong place, wrong time, bad results. So I need to check the map, ask for directions, check the itinerary, so to speak. Now, let me expand on this a little bit. What you believe, and this isn't brand new for us here. What you believe leads to your decisions. And your decisions, say my decisions, lead to your outcomes. So let's put this all together. Everybody say what I believe leads to my decisions. My decisions 
lead to my outcomes. Let me give you one disclaimer on this. Because you'll say, I've got some outcomes that has nothing to do with what I believed or what I decided. And we have those. So let me give you the disclaimer on that. Sometimes you have outcomes that are just course of life, course of nature. Maybe you woke up this morning and had a flat tire. That had nothing to do with what you believed. That had nothing to do with what you decided. We sometimes have some things that happen that none of us really should lose a lot of time on trying to figure out. Was this the devil or was this God or was this a neighbor or, you know, change the tire, change the light bulb. Just get on with it. So some things are course of life. Other things are this careless people. Sometimes we have outcomes in our life or because of careless people had nothing to do with what you decided had nothing to do with what you believed. And then another one, and let's, let's be honest, sometimes we have, we have outcomes in our life that are undesirable because of evil people. There's mean people out there. There's selfish people. There's, there's crazy people. And so sometimes you end up with those outcomes as well. But this is the deal. Those are the things we can't control. But we should control everything that we can control. Are y'all hearing me? We should control everything we can control. You know, if you're driving in a car and you got a little sunroof in it and it leaks a little bit and it's raining right now and you also have your window down. So it's raining and you're complaining about getting wet. Well, you might not be able to right now control. You got a little leak in the sunroof, but brother, roll your window up. Are you hearing me? Control what you can control. Well, it it doesn't matter. It's just got to roll your window up. (laughs) Fix that later. Stuff something in there for now. Do what you can, but control what you can as well. Now, let's go a little bit further with this. If a person is disappointed, discontent in life, they're disappointed and discontent in outcomes. What most people do at this point is I'm, I'm disappointed in my outcome. They go back to this part and they're going to redecide. They're going to make another decision. Well, that doesn't work all the time. This explains why some people have been married 11 times. Well, that was a bad decision. And go back and make another one. But ultimately, if you're getting bad outcomes, it's rooted in something that is an error in what you believe. So what you've got to do is come back and revisit and review. What do I believe? You're going to have to get some light on the situation. You know, if you ever get examined, there's a whole lot of light involved. You know, the doctor wants to look up your nose and in your ears and down your throat. You know, he's got a flashlight and put a thing on his head. Y'all with me? You go to get your teeth worked on or cleaned. They lay you back. They got this big light thing. It's like, you know, uh, Star Wars, you know, coming, coming down on you. Well, I'm glad I want them to see. I don't want them just poking around that sharp thing. Oh, it feels funny. What, what is that? Wish I could see it. Light helps us to what? To see. And so we need to make sure in all of this that it's not just my decision. Maybe you're making the wrong decision because you can't see. And we've got to come back here. And the Bible is the light for us in this. Now, you can't make good decisions with bad information. You can't make good decisions with bad information. 
And that's why you shouldn't be impulsive in life. And that's why we need to revisit and review what we do believe. Well, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a, a light to my path. Get this verse. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your words gives, help me, light. Watch this. It gives understanding to the simple. The who? Who are the simple? The simple are the same ones who went blindly on. They saw the danger, but they kept going. Well, guess what? The simple can be helped if they'll get the light of God's word because it will bring understanding to them. They'll say, ah, that's why I always bang my head when I go down here. But if you turn on the light, then you can see and you can learn to duck. You can learn to adjust your path just a little bit. Now, let me move on and, and kind of an add an idea here with this. If we're going to have any real life change, if anything's going to be lasting and real and, and really helpful, it's going to come more from, follow this now, it's going to come more from training. Everybody say training. Than from trying. So if I'm going to have something really worthwhile happen in my life, it's more of a result of training than just trying. Um, anything worthwhile, anything of value, anything truly life-changing and lasting is part of a process. Everybody say process. And that's what training is. It's a process rather than just an event. This is getting up my nerve and going to do this. It, it has to do with a, a process. Most sin, most failure, most things that go awry go awry because we try to skip part of the process. You skipped class. You, you didn't go work out. You, did, you didn't follow through. You didn't go all the way through. And so then we end up trying to do some things. We've got to stay a part of the process. Proverbs 21 verse 5. You still here? Proverbs 21 5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. But those of everyone who is hasty or impatient surely leads to poverty. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13 and 14 in the Message Bible. It says don't, I love this, don't look for shortcuts to God. Read that with me. Don't look for shortcuts to God. Now I'll finish that verse in a moment, but here's what a lot of you are trying to do. You're trying to be a Christian. We're trying to overcome temptation. We're trying to do better at our marriage. We're trying to do better at life. We're trying to win at this. And I'm telling you, it's not so much trying, although your effort needs to be in it. It's training. We've got to be trained in this. Now follow, go with me here. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. And if you call in the next 30 minutes, isn't that what our commercials are made up of? You don't have to eat right, think right, exercise or anything else. Take this pill, read this book. And if you buy our stuff, we'll send you windshield wipers and slippers. Back to the verse. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. Listen, it's going to require not just trying. It's going to require some training. 
This morning when I left the house, coming to church, it was 28 degrees. For those of you watching my television and internet, yes, we are in Florida. It was 28 degrees and today is some marathon here in Ocala. And it's over for many of them by now. There's still some, I'm sure, be running until Tuesday. But, um, but I noticed this and it's 28 degrees. And I'm passing all these people and they've got a lot of police, you know, and markers and, you know, everything. And I thought about this because this was so fresh in my heart. I noticed that many of the people that are running this marathon today have been training. I, however, noticed a few people that I think yesterday decided, I think I'll try it. How many of you know there's a difference? How many of you know the difference was visible? One of the guys that comes to church, he was here first service. He lives on that route. And he said he, he had people laying out in his driveway this morning. <laughs> the triers. And I applaud their trying. But it's going to be better by training. Are you all with me? You don't just decide, you know, hey, I, I think I'll try bench pressing 300 pounds. I think I'll try to play the piano. I think I'll try to learn French. You know, it's not about just trying something. You put out all the effort in the world. There's some training that goes along with this that'll make this happen. Um, This week in the news, South Korean special forces decided they'd had enough with some Somali pirates who'd hijacked a boat and were holding people people and stuff hostage. And so they didn't get up one day and say, I got an idea. Let's try something. No, they got guys who knew their stuff, who have trained and trained and trained and trained under every eventuality. We are ready for this. Loaded those guys up, went in, got every one of the hostages back, had to take out a few pirates. But when you sign up to be a pirate, that goes with it. Okay. (laughs) Got their boat, got their stuff, got their guys, even got a few captives brought it back you don't do that by trying you do that by training we watch a michael jordan who's probably the greatest basketball player ever and there i want to be like mike well let me show you mike real quick just just watch mike just a little bit Um, I want to be like Mike, but you can't be like Mike just by getting a Jersey with a 23 on it and the shoes with a silhouette and wear your sweatband up on your arm, let your, your tongue dangle and do some cool moves and stuff. You can practice that all you want in your bedroom, but I'm telling you, you can like, and you can even try. We've watched kids. We've all tried to, to be like Mike, but you can't be like Mike by trying to be like Mike. You got to train like Mike, who was out early and stayed late. 
there early and stayed late. Thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of tens of thousands of extra shots and things. Why? Because he wasn't just trying. He was training. But I got to tell you the whole story. You can train all you want like Mike, but there's only one Mike. Okay, just. So. To be like Jesus. You can't just try to be like Jesus. And that's what believers all over are doing. I'm trying this Christian life. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to overcome this thing. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to commit yourself. You're not going to be able to try to overcome this temptation. You're going to have to back up and look at this temptation that's been whipping your tail for decades. And look at it again and say, I'm going to get a strategy and I'm going to get a plan and I'm going to get the life and the help of God. And I'm going to light on this and think this thing through. And I'm going to train and I can overcome through training instead of just will worship. And I'm, okay, I'm going to do better. Or we're two days into some process and think we're going to win. You got to commit to the whole process where things go arise when you, when you skip the process. You, you short circuit the process. Get in the process of discipleship get in the process of day by day with god get in the process of knowing that my today and my tomorrow are connected and i'm committed to this and what i do comes out of what i believe i better make sure what i believe and then i'm going to decide rock solid decisions and i'm going to end up with better outcomes not by trying but by training jesus said you want to be like your teacher reference jesus he said one who is fully trained becomes like his teacher Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourself to be godly. So what we've got to do is stop just trying. Yes, there's effort. Yes, you try. But what we've got to do is make sure that we're training. Yesterday and today, we're connected. Learn from that. Today and tomorrow are connected. Train for that. Because what you believe governs your life. Stay in the light of God's word. Check your map. Ask for directions. Commit to the process. Because it all does connect. Make sure that what you're believing is in the light of God's word. Make your decisions based on that. And I promise you, I promise you, your tomorrow can be better than your today. And way better than your yesterday. Now, one other thing before I finish. With the whole mindset of trying versus training. Bless you. Again, sorry, I have manners. Um, the whole mindset of trying versus training. Think about this. Get this, get this mindset. If my attitude, if my approach to life, to Christianity is just trying, then if I come anything less than perfection. If I miss the mark, then under the banner of trying, I failed. But with the mindset and approach of training, anything I do comes less than perfection. I miss the mark. It's part of the process. And God is in the struggle with you. And that's where you learn. And that's where you discover God's grace and God's patience and God's goodness and God's power to get you all the way through the training process so that truly you can be more than a conqueror in this life. I'll stop right there. Did you get it?